fuck a duck. <laughs> Speechless, with nothing to say. We're doing a drinking game. Oh, fuck. <laughs> You're listening to Sad No. <laughs> and I was full scale at 22, and I was like, yup, cradle snatching, Auckland Zoo missing their cougar. You're in the hot seat. Oh, fire round. If someone doesn't want to be with you, why would you want to be with them? Welcome back to another episode of Sass with Cass. All right, guys, welcome back to Sass with Cass. Welcome back to Sass with Cass. Welcome back to Sass with Cass. I am so excited to jump into this episode with the amazing Monica. I am just here with a little FYI for you. I realized I forgot to outline this in the episode. You are about to hear Monica and I talking a lot about the phrases divine feminine and divine masculine. I just wanted to make it really clear that we all have a balance of the divine feminine and masculine within us, whether you are a woman or a man, regardless of your sexual preference or what you identify with, this is not just a conversation about men and women, it's about everyone, and you can relate to this information however you feel will suit you best. This is not a conversation about gender. So keep an open mind when you're hearing this. It is a more spiritual conversation, talking about leaning into different energies and energy types and ways of being. I know that on TikTok, there's a lot of uh, sort of like jokes going around about like healed masculine and toxic masculinity. Again, this isn't about that. It's about an energy type and these two uh, different vibes that we all have within us as human beings and how they work together and how you can lean into one more than the other. Personally, after finding Monica's work and leaning more into my feminine energy, I saw a huge change in my relationships, in myself, in my skin, in my physical appearance and how I felt for the better and learning to just soften and really feel into that beautiful feminine vibe that I had been ignoring and operating in my masculine go, go, go mentality for so long. So I'm really passionate about sharing this information and helping you guys, especially any of you that have followed me on my skin journey, this was a huge thing that helped with clearing my skin and clearing my acne and healing my adrenal system and my fatigue. So it is very, very beneficial information. You'll hear Monica touch on that skin piece right towards the end. But just a little note that please do keep an open mind. And when we're talking about healing your relationship with men, I know that there are so many of us, myself included, who have had very, very tough situations with uh, men or e anyone with abuse and, and terrible, terrible situations. When we're saying heal your relationship with men, I just want you to know that we're not discounting that information and please kind of take that with a grain of salt and apply it to where it applies to you. We're not saying if you've been abused or whatever, you should just get over it. We're talking about dropping that shield and learning how to heal and how to find love and how to enjoy your relationship with men in particular. But again, also all genders, whoever you relate to as a divine masculine, if you yourself relate to that as a woman, which I do often. Anyway, I kind of hope that makes sense. You'll hear more about it in the episode and I hope you enjoy. It is safe to say today's guest has absolutely changed my life. I stumbled upon Monica's work out of near chance and within 24 hours had listened to over six podcast episodes. I hang off her every word. 
She is everything from a coach, speaker, period whisperer, whisperer, teacher, trauma expert, and she wholeheartedly encourages everyone to step into their magnetic, sexy energy. Monica, you are a game changer. You light the path for so many people, including myself. So thank you for being such an inspiration and creating so much passion and awakening in everything you do. Oh, thank you. That was such a nice intro. Oh, no, I'm just so stoked that you're here and to chat and I have millions and millions of questions. Yes, I can't wait to dive in. Yay. So what really drew me to your work was an episode you did a little while ago on being in your feminine energy. And at the time I was so in my masculine and so overworked and exhausted. For people just listening, I want them to have that same experience that I had. Could you outline what being in your feminine is versus being in your masculine and a few traits that each of those qualities and energy types have? Yes. Firstly, I want to say I'm so glad that we are diving straight into this episode. (laughs) I fucking really hate it when it's like, tell me your life story. I'm like, that is way too fucking long. No. No. Like, that is just boring. Nobody wants to hear that. Let's get down to the dirty. So, yes, here for it. Okay. So feminine energy is like, we have both women have majority feminine, men have majority masculine. Mm -hmm. So even though a lot of people will talk about like, oh, it's 50, 50, it's not 50, 50. We have majority. It doesn't mean that we can't, it doesn't mean as women that we can't execute like men can. It means that in terms of like our body and our, um, physiology, we work better with being in majority in our feminine Mm. and less so in our masculine energy. So feminine energy, it feels like flow. It feels like ease. It's soft. It's nurturing. It's warm. It's, it feels like home in your body. Um, it is sensual energy. It's like nature. It's the ocean. It's, um, ever changing. Like we are not the same every day. Um, I say we as in women, but just also like feminine energy. It's different every second. Um, it's wild, it's free, cannot be contained. Um, it is creative, it's sexual, it's um, abundant energy. What else? In terms all of, the like, good describing. stuff. Yeah, all the good stuff. Juicy. Basically. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's super, ju- it's juicy. It, 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 it's that part of you that just feels like super excited about something. When things feel easy and in flow and you feel looked after and you feel safe and you feel relaxed in your body that's you being in your feminine energy for masculine energy it's discernment it's direction it's being direct it's um making like strong decisions it's having like an execution plan and then doing it it's plan it's structure um it is like fixing things it's um what else is it it's harder it's faster it is, um, I said, I think I said more disciplined. Uh, that's kind of the masculine energy in a nutshell. So in terms of like uh, particular traits of each, um, so like as an example, like masculine, it's like the masculine thrives where there is direction in his life, mm. when there is purpose, when there is passion, like he knows where he's going. Mm-hmm. That's why like if you're in a relationship with a man or like any of your relationships with men, whether it's your boss, whether it's your dad, whether it's brother, guy friend, boyfriend, fiance, husband, whatever, um, you will notice that he won't be his best self when he doesn't feel like he's on purpose and achieving. Mm. Uh, On the other side, the feminine side, we are operating the best when we feel creative, when we feel in flow, when things feel easy and not 
stressful that is like the feminine so we have both obviously Mm -hmm. and in order for you to be in your feminine you have to have the masculine that's like a really important thing and that people always forget where it's like if you want to heal your feminine and if you want to be more in your feminine you have to heal your relationship with men because the masculine is what allows you to feel safe to be in your feminine if you don't have that you're not going to feel safe to be in your feminine so it doesn't matter how many fucking books you read and how much naked dancing you do it's not going to stick you have to do the like outer shell which is the masculine first before you do the feminine mm. work so they're both needed for each other um and it's just like we fit like yin and yang that's literally what it is we fit well together and we um are one together so trying to be one or the other or fighting against it doesn't work you will feel more disconnect in your life whereas when you let both be in harmony together and you let you know your masculine rise in the way that it needs to and you let your feminine rise in the way that it needs to or you let your man be a man and you be a woman mm. that is where you're going to feel like things are the easiest and the most um, harmonious in your life oh so many juicy bits already for those listening can you touch on why women are being i don't want to say forced but encouraged Kinda. encouraged in society now to be in their masculine and what that yeah. looks like like what is presenting to women who are in their masculine or wounded masculine in their relationships or throughout life so what's kind of happening right now is that there is a lot of um with so the funny thing is this is a whole this is a giant podcast in itself hence mm. the book but basically if you really look into um like the reason why women are trying to be more in their masculine, more like men, proving their worth, proving they're as strong as men, proving they're as good as men, all that proving, it's actually us fighting against each other. Mm. So true feminism, when it started, that first wave of feminism, and it's funny because now all those feminists that actually created feminism have now written books being like, this is not right, what's happening? Like, this is not the intention of feminism, which is the really funny thing. Mm. Um, So true feminism was never because men felt that women were weak. It was never because men were dangerous. It was never because of anything to do with men. It was because we didn't have the same rights. And men were also like, yeah, women should fucking vote. It wasn't like men against women. That's not what it was. Like, of course, there would have been some men that were like, no, women don't need those rights. But it was never that men disagreed or it's never that men in general disagree with women doing X, Y, and Z. It's actually us doing it against each other. Like, Mm. you might have heard me say it before on my Instagram, but um, women supporting women is a fucking load of shit. It is not a fucking thing. It is such a marketing scheme. Mm. Like there are some women that yes, a hundred percent support women. And those women are deeply in their feminine. Mm. Those women are, they're not trying to compete. They don't think that they're not enough or anything like that. So therefore they can support others. But the whole like women supporting women, like it's just a load of bullshit because actually women are just tearing each other down. Like you look at the trolling, majority of it is women against women. Like mm-hmm. men don't get trolled as much, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, m- most men aren't the one, like yes, men will like, you know, say dirty things and inappropriate things to women. But again, those men, are they the men that you're gonna date? No, those men are like weird guys behind a computer that honestly have like serious mental health issues. So mm-hmm. we can just put them in a different category of humans because women are in that category too. It's not about gender. It's just just about like there are people that are unfortunately really miserable in their life and you can't group them into a gender. Mm. So a lot of the 
a lot of women that are in their masculine, it's actually a result of them feeling not enough because of other women, not generally speaking, because, and obviously this is all generalization, not generally speaking because of men. Like I've been doing a survey on men since 2019 and these answers just bring women to tears. Like they bring me to tears. It's just basically in a nutshell, some of the questions are about like, you know, what are some things that you wish that you could tell women if you weren't afraid of what they would say in return? Or what are some of the things that you wish women would let you do without fear of, you know, um, repercussions? And every answer is like, I wish I could tell my work colleague that she looks pretty today. I wish that I could smile at, I have good goosebumps. I wish that I could, I don't know if I cry. Yeah. I wish that I could smile to a girl on the sidewalk and not be afraid that she was gonna take it the wrong way. Mm. Like I wish that I could compliment so-and-so and she would just take it as a compliment. I wish that I could help women when I knew that they were in need and not be worried about them making me a misogynist. It's, it's, there is no answers where, and you know, some people might say, well, it's a group of guys that you're asking. Well, not necessarily, mm. because I've done this survey for like nearly three years and um, every answer, and I sort of from different walks of life, completely different age groups, and every answer is generally the same. Like men are afraid of doing the wrong thing and being called a misogynist. And so what we then have that exacerbates the whole issue with women being more than masculine is we then have this whole thing where because women aren't in their feminine, they, sorry, because women are more in their masculine, it's this like controlling fear-based energy, which then means that they um, are actually eliciting an I don't feel safe response. So because of that, because of like an I don't feel safe, because there's no like because they're not letting men protect them um and it doesn't mean in like big ways it just means like energetically we're not letting the male part of society be unprotected as they're meant to be Mm. because of that more women feel unsafe so then they go more into their masculine as a protective mechanism and it's like this vicious cycle then you also have like on the media and stuff it's like you are a superwoman if you have three kids and run an empire and do x y exactly like the girl boss don't need no man damaging yeah it's it is really damaging like where's the boy boss like men aren't selling if you want to talk about fucking equality well men aren't celebrated for working hard Mm -hmm. so like tell me about that it's really funny like there's so much like equality equality but i'm like if you actually look at it, it's not fucking equal it's so much women's empowerment there's no men's empowerment mm. you know like do you know that there is a men an international men's day men's day no probably not most people will go to fucking town on international women's day and i'm like you know it's international men's day today and nobody fucking knows about it right or we'll go to town on ovarian cancer and breast cancer or whatever else but like we won't go to town on things that guys struggle with. You know, there's a bit more of an awareness about men's mental health, but there's so much, like one of the things that I'm really proud of is like, I feel like I make trauma healing and mental health stuff and everything sexy. Like it's fun, it's juicy, it's sexy. Like I make it something where it's like, it's actually what like you want to do it because I make it enticing and I make it fun and delicious and like dirty and like just powerful, right? I make it like primal. Oh, like support your mental health. Like, I'm sorry, no fucking primal man is going to feel confident about like putting their hand up and being like, I'm struggling. They don't need to go and talk to necessarily a therapist. They need to go do like fucking anger release. But of course in society that's looked down against because it's like, oh, you're an angry man, you're dangerous. It's like, fuck no, 
men not being allowed to go and express their anger, which is what's happening right now in society, that is causing danger because blackout rage is a thing. So all of a sudden it bottles up and then you have these blackout rage issues in really bad circumstances. Like I'm sure you're aware, Cass, of like the one hit punch or whatever it's called yeah. that became like a big thing in Sydney at like yeah. King's Cross. That's a prime example of men not being encouraged to express their anger in a healthy way. So they get drunk and then it bottles up over the edge. Someone pisses them off and they punch a guy in the head and kill them in their life. And that guy's life is over because he's killed somebody. And that could have been prevented if he was encouraged to go and get angry in a safe, healthy environment, like in a, like in a rage room, mm. like not saying go be angry at certain people, but um, yeah. So it's this, it's this whole big issue where it's like women aren't feeling safe to be in their feminine. So they put on a masculine armor to try and create safety at the exact same time. They're being told they have to be everything and do everything and be like a man in order to be quote unquote successful. So therefore it's more masculine they are being kind of shamed for their desires of wanting to be like ravished, taken, cared for by a man. Like that's fucking, you know, old age shit. You know, if you want to be a stay-at-home mom, like you're apparently not successful. So you have all of that combined and it's a perfect scenario where women, they feel like they have to be in their masculine and that if they're not, that they're like less than as a woman and they're looked down upon. And the funny thing is that like whenever I speak to a really masculine man they're just like i don't want her to work too hard i just want to look after her like it's I a want turn to off yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's such a fucking turn off like it is such and ambition is different like ambition is different mm. but like you overworking yourself to a masculine confident man is the biggest fucking turn off because mm. they're like no i want to provide for you not the other way around. Mm, mm, 100%. And we yeah. also we also have this dynamic, like I've been noticing, where men are becoming less confident to pursue, especially just mm-hmm. like in a dating or bar scenario. And like you think, oh it's like, well, no wonder that they're not feeling confident to pursue because they're trying to, it's actually getting to a place where they're trying to follow our lead and then a right. women are almost becoming initiators and pursuers because they're like, no, I am interested, don't worry. And right. they're like, we're scared kind of thing. This is a... Oh, super common. Yeah, super common. I'm going to kind of try and frame that as a question because something I really wanted to ask you is a sentence I have said probably a thousand times in my dating and romantic life is I feel like the boyfriend. So mm. what tips do you have for... Number- that should be a fucking book title. I might take that. <laughs> You can. Like, I, I say that all the time because I felt like the one initiating and encouraging and trying to make them aware of the connection and providing and so often earning more money than them and whatever that I've tried to rewire. What are your tips mm. for number one, attracting healed masculine men? Number two, stopping mm. this emasculating process? And number three, kind of tying into what I was saying in those dating scenarios or with men approaching you, how to stop leaning forward, I guess, and feel safe to let men okay. lean forward. Okay, so first question, remember me, because I did not want to forget anything. Yep. <laughs> first question was um, how to attract a healthy masculine yeah. man. let's start there. Second one, yep, second one was how to stop the emasculation process. Yep. And then third one was how to, like, get them to initiate so that you're not the leader. Yeah, and to feel safe letting men do that, I guess. Okay, cool. So first thing I'm going to say to overarch all of that is I just did a podcast and it's titled 
has the feminist movement um, stopped men pursuing women? Mm. Because I go into this because it is a absolute so fucking true. Thing. It is a it is a absolute truth, and I have had a lot of questions about it. So I eventually did the podcast on it. Um, so for any women out there that feel like this is a thing, it is, and it's not men's fault. It's our fault. That's the thing. So women blame men. Of like men are fucking mad. Men are pussies these days. Like men don't do anything. And I'm like, no, 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 babe, that's your fault. Right. So when you don't let a man hold open a door, when you shame a man, when you bitch about men behind their back, when you call him a dick, when you, you know, berate him in front of his friend, when you make fun of him in front of his friends, when you, you know, tell him that you can pay for half the bill, that you're an independent woman, that you don't need a man, that that's all you're doing. Like, mm-hmm. so we as women need to take responsibility, first and foremost, as women, of we need to stop engaging in that behavior because mm-hmm. men men being quote unquote lazy is not they don't want to be that. They naturally want to pursue. They naturally want to chase. They naturally want to provide. Mm-hmm. So they are really holding themselves back. And that, that is causing misalignment for everybody because mm-hmm. we're also misaligned by then feeling like we have to be the chasers, right? And then, of course, it doesn't actually create a stable, committed relationship mm-hmm. because the man hasn't done any chasing, which is then where you have these issues further down the line where women are in these relationships and they're like, I don't feel pursued. I don't feel wanted by him. I don't even know whether he really likes me. I feel super insecure. And I'm like, that's because he's never chased you. He's never pursued you. So you don't actually know how much he likes you because you've never had to see, right? You've never had to. Okay. So when first thing I want to say about the attracting healed masculine men is I feel like so many women in this community, we go straight for thinking that the best men are the ones that are like into personal development that are spiritual that are woo woo blah 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 i'm very open about this i do not like woo woo spiritual personal development that development men right because like and this is a generalization obviously mm. i don't like them i've dated one before like for a while and everything had to be deep everything had to be intense everything had to be structured like he didn't he also like didn't really understand like feminine i guess but everything had to be like deep, intense. There was there was there wasn't enough humanness to it. Mm. And you can be you can really limit yourself by being like he has to have done personal development and be spiritual and X, Y, and Z. Because there's also me and my boyfriend talking about is actually like spiritual men have this like I can't trust them energy. It's this it's this like feminine flakiness airiness. And if you want a really masculine man, mm. that's not that. A masculine man is like grounded, secure, a lot of integrity, not like, oh, let's see what the universe has in store for me today. No, that's my job as a woman to be in flow. I don't want my man being like, oh, just trust the universe. No, I'm not trusting the fucking universe. Fix the problem, right? That's, you know, like there's no trusting in the universe right now. Like fix the fucking issue. I'll do yeah. the trust things. Yeah. So that's just a really important thing for anyone that's like, hunting down or going after like a certain caliber of men i've always said i am interested in i am attracted to and interested in corporate fucking men right men like not necessarily have to be corporate but just men that are like really fucking secure in their job in their purpose in their passion that is what is most important if you are looking for a masculine man do not necessarily look for a man that has done the work because um, if he's done the work, but it's not fulfilled in his passion or hasn't found the job for him or doesn't feel secure in his career, he's not going to fucking embody anyway. So don't worry about that one. If you find a guy that hasn't done that much work, 
but fucking adores you and has found his purpose and is living like his fucking path and is secure in his career, he will learn for you. He will read the fucking books. He will have the conversations. He will get uncomfortable because that's how much he likes you. Mm. If he doesn't do that, he doesn't like you. Sorry, but he actually doesn't like you, right? Mm. It's not because he's emotionally unavailable. It's because he doesn't like you enough. That's the key thing. He doesn't like you enough to do that. Mm. So that's just the first thing. Like the, the masculine men that you're looking for, they're everywhere. Mm. Key thing is, does he have passion and purpose? Is he settled? If you want to commit a committed relationship, do not engage with a man that is not settled in his career because you are going to go on a fucking roller coaster ride with a wavering masculine man. So if you want a committed relationship, he has to be like locked and loaded, secure in his work. Um, okay, the second question about emasculation. Emasculation hides in plain sight. There are some obvious ones, like not letting a man hold open the door, but the ways that you emasculate, generally, you are very blissfully unaware of mm. because otherwise you probably would have done something about them because it's fucking mean. So little examples of emasculation, just to make people aware, would be um, like not holding open the door, cutting him off. Like, oh my God, if a man is talking and you cut a man off, you just chop his fucking balls off. Um, telling him that like one of his ideas is a bad idea um talking like uh like making fun of him in front of his friends like that's not flirty that's emasculating Mm -hmm. um paying for the bill when he wants to pay or being like i got it like you know it's not a big deal for me like something like that like oh you can afford it but he can't that's emasculating um what else even little things like you driving to pick him up never i'd be like fucking drive in the wrong direction to pick me up i'm not driving to pick you up uh you booking dinner you texting like like you making the plans you texting first all of those things is lowering his masculinity because you are not letting him lead mm. um so yeah and the emasculation piece again it really comes from you not trusting men and feeling secure and safe with men so when you heal all of that then the emasculation emasculation piece will stop and like it does take time it took me a while to be mm. really aware of emasculation and like Sometimes if I accidentally like do something that I didn't know was emasculation, like my boyfriend will like tell me and like, I'm like, oh, cool. There's another one. Um, and then I'll explain to him like why that wasn't my intention. And, and generally it's just that he's interpreted something as a man interprets it. And I've interpreted it as a woman's interpreted it. Um, and sometimes emasculation can also happen in a fight when you're making him wrong, but not understanding you. Like there you can have you can be having a fight with your boyfriend and you can be having two completely different conversations like you are completely not understanding him he is completely not understanding you and it feels like he's not listening to you or he's not understanding you or he's not hearing you and if you've got a guy that fucking adores you i guarantee you he's trying to understand and hear you but Mm. his brain is literally not computing what you are saying because our brains are so different so when you then make him wrong for that you're emasculating him versus what a healthy relationship would be would be like babe we are having two completely different conversations Mm. let's just fucking table this we love each other moving on we work on this in whatever way we think we work on it Mm. like as individuals because i do not understand you and you do not understand me on this topic and that's okay Mm. and making it okay 
to sometimes not understand men and them also making it okay to sometimes not understand us because you will never understand a man fully and you will never be able to relate to a man and they will never be able to relate to us because we are just we are so different yeah um and then on the third piece of um it was like feeling dating yeah dating and feeling safe to let men lead I guess yeah so the hardest thing though is that a lot right now like a lot of men they don't know it's safe to lead so in the beginning um it can be really good for you to let them know that it is safe to lead caveat you then have to fucking embody that (laughs) so if you then chop like if you then like no i want to go back or yeah or if you then fucking emasculate him or if then you jump in and lead then you've literally told him that I actually don't trust you to lead. Yes, double and the trauma. Men trust is everything. Mm. Yeah, trust is everything. So you really have to trust them. Um, and the bottom line is like this can be really hard, but like the bottom line is that if you have said to a man it is safe for you to lead, and then he doesn't, you probably don't want him. Yeah. Like you probably don't want him. If you have to work at getting his attention, he is not that interested men are so fucking simple like you will know if he's interested and if you and if you're wondering whether he's interested he's not interested um so like one of the best things to do with dating is to understand men like learn men and understand them and how they are so different to us and like we always say like oh women are complicated men are simple it's not that women are complicated and that men are just like simple dumb beings it's that men are straightforward and they are factual Whereas women are emotional. Neither is better. Like sometimes emotions are better. Sometimes facts are better. But to them, it's like a fact. It's like either A or B, it's black or white. Mm. Whereas for us, it's like, no, it depends on my mood and the weather and the outfit and the clothing. And it's a whole emotional experience, right? Like Mm. one time I asked one of my guy friends, I said, what is something that really annoys you about women? And he was like, the fact that you guys base everything on your fucking feelings. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, so for example, if we committed to go for a walk, the only reason why I, oh, that's right. He was like, what annoys me is that you guys will cancel based on your feelings, yeah. like based on your mood. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, so for example, the only reason that I would ever cancel like a walk with you, for example, is if it was pouring down with rain. And the fact is that we couldn't go for a walk. Whereas you would cancel, not necessarily me because I have a lot of integrity, but generally speaking with women, whereas a woman would cancel if she had a bad day, wasn't in the mood, was tired, not feeling it, doesn't have a cute outfit. And I just thought it was the most hilarious fucking thing in the world because it is so true. Like our whole day can be thrown out if we don't have a cute outfit on or if our hair is bad. Like fake hands, flaky. (laughs) Yeah, like our whole fucking mood can be thrown off because we are so emotional. Mm. So it's not that that it's not that men are simple and that we are like we're complicated and like dramatic. It's just that we operate with a very different motivational like reasoning behind things. They're motivated by facts, logistics, direction, what's going to get them a result, what's going to get them to win, whereas we're motivated based on feelings. So, like, for example, they might want to get the cheapest deal on a hotel, for example, because then they feel like they've won something, whereas to a woman, she could be like, no, I don't care. I just want it to be an easy experience. I don't want the front desk people to hate us. And to him, he's like, that's the most stupid thing I've ever fucking heard in my life. But, but to us, it's like a real fucking Thanks. experience. And that's a real, real thing. Mm. Um, and to him, it's completely idiotic 
for us to not get the cheapest deal on a hotel. Mm. And that's neat. No one is right or wrong. It is just a completely different brain. That's literally all it is. And a completely different set of hormones, basically. Mm. Um, so when it comes to letting a man lead and really feeling safe in that, the number one thing is that you need to feel safe in your relationship with men. And then you need to feel safe in your feminine because you need to be able to surrender. So if you can't surrender, you cannot be in your feminine. And if you cannot trust men, and if you don't trust men, you cannot be in your feminine. Because like I said at the beginning, the only way for you to be in your feminine is if there is a healthy masculine container. Mm. That's oh so many, so many good points. I'm obsessed with your brain and how it works. Like I'm just like, yes, yes, yes. I'm obsessed with my brain sometimes. Like <laughs> I just like I do these brain dumps and it's just like, where did that even fucking come from? Like I, I don't love even know it. where this shit comes from half the time. It's I I will have like a full texting thread and then be and then at the very end, like, oh don't worry, I got my answer. And I'm like, I don't it's weird. Like it's I weird, love it. It's know? it's so fantastic. <laughs> so we are hearing this we need to heal we need to heal this divine masculine shield we need to heal the divine feminine we need to heal everything what is healing what is trauma how how do people go about finding that balance and and dropping that shell apart from joining queen alchemy which i am very desperate to do and which is monica's (laughs) amazing course she has loads of options that you can all explore but but what the f is healing and how okay. do we do it? So, yeah. So the first thing I would say is that everyone has trauma. Even if you grew up in the most idyllic, perfect childhood, like I thought that I didn't have any trauma because I grew up in what people would think mm. would be an idyllic childhood. My parents are still together. Um, like roof was always over our head. She was on the table, went to good schools, like had clothing, mm. went traveling on family holidays. So I grew up in the idyllic ch- childhood. And I still had trauma, but I didn't know it because I thought because my everything's perfect and my parents are still together and nothing like really, really horrendous has happened, I don't have any real trauma. Mm-hmm. So it started to show in my relationships, especially because like you can't hide when you're in a relationship with someone. Um, and for me, what I realized and why I'm now like very passionate about being like everyone fucking has trauma, whether you think it or not, is that trauma isn't about just about like something that happened to you, like a big event that happened to you. Trauma is about your perception of a situation and then you harboring that. Mm. So for example, my dad was a like workaholic basically and was the breadwinner I would travel all the time, always be away. And I was first born. So all I wanted was daddy's attention. The more he was away, the more I wanted his attention. I was daddy's little girl. And my mom was, a stay at her mom did a tiny bit of work on the side. More so when we were, when we were older, she did more work on the side. So basically stay at her mom. In my head, I idolized dad and I thought mom was weak. Mom is super mummy, like very nurturing, emotional. And dad is like cut off unemotional like he's actually deep down a fucking huge softy which is always the way but like from the outside Mm. unemotional like not phased by anything very like fact suck it up you're fine um so in my head I idolized that and I um basically weaponized mom and I was like she's weak so I made the feminine weak and made the masculine like successful so long story short people listen to my own podcast for all that kind of stuff 
But basically what I'm painting a picture of is that when you're growing up in your childhood, even if you had a good childhood and if you had a very horrendous childhood, the way that you perceive an environment, a situation, the way that you perceive your mom, the way that you perceive your dad, the way that you perceive school, teaching, like whatever the situation is, money, all that kind of stuff, the way that you perceive something then creates your trauma basically. Mm. And then what happens is when we... Uh, have like a traumatic situation happen when we're a kid, whether it's mom saying no and you crying, Mm. you will generally speaking like self-soothe. And for some people, the way they quote unquote self-soothe is to just shut it down. So that gets harbored in their body or the other way that people will self-soothe. I mean, there's a million different ways people can self-soothe. They can self-soothe through addiction, through eating, through like bad habits, but you create what you think is a coping mechanism. Mm. And then throughout your life, you don't think you have a problem because you have this coping mechanism that's become basically your protective armor so that you don't face your trauma because it's ugly and you don't want to have to deal with it, basically. You don't want to have to feel it again. Mm. The way that you don't feel it is by shutting it down and like bottling it up with something else. Then obviously over time, it will start to rear its ugly head. And the way that it will generally rear its ugly head is through like bad habits, you being triggered by things, constantly being in the same fucking cycle of of like, there'll be like a pattern, there'll be multiple cycles, whatever, you know, you know your fucking things. Mm. Those are basically, those bad habits, those triggers, those cycles is your trauma. And it's trying to be shown in a way and you're probably going to seek help in a very surface level way. So for example, a really common self-soothing tool is food. So people will go to a, like, people will go like change their diet or they'll try and like heal their relationship with food and then it doesn't fucking work. And they, it works for three months and then they binge again or they still can't lose weight or whatever, like whatever the situation is because it's not actually about the fucking food. It's not about just healing your relationship with food. It's not that simple. There is something so much deeper, for example, with the food. When you heal that, the food stuff's gone. So like it always happens, like someone will come to me like on the on the topic of food, someone will come to me for like a food thing. We won't even talk about food. We will just go straight to the root, heal that shit, trauma, release, boom, done. And then they're like, what the fuck? I'm not binge eating anymore. I'm like, yeah, because it wasn't about the fucking food. Mm. It was about this thing and your way of coping was through food so when that when that trauma isn't in your body anymore you don't feel the need to go and self-soothe because it's not there anymore so when we're talking about trauma what we're talking about is like an energetic hangover basically in your body so if you're in a car accident for example um you're in a car accident car hits something and you'll probably be in the car crying shaking or shaking and frozen and not crying right whatever the response is generally speaking there's some shaking Someone will come over to the car and hug you or try and soothe you so that you stop shaking. Your body shaking is your body's way of releasing trauma or you crying or whatever the situation is, is your body trying to let go of the situation. Mm -hmm. Someone tries to, someone calms you down. So you haven't finished the trauma cycle and instead you've blocked, you've locked it in your body. So then every time someone nearly runs a red light, your body, body goes into a state of panic and you get this massive rush of heat through your body as an example. And the reason why that's happened is because that like little trigger, that pinpoint of when you have that car accident is still in your body and it keeps getting triggered. And then the, the, the problem with triggers as well is that you keep, basically when you get triggered by something, your body reacts as though the initial situation is happening again. So when you get triggered by a car nearly running your red light, mm. for example, your body reacts and the amount of adrenaline and cortisol pump through your body 
is the same as though you've had another car accident. So it becomes so that's why trauma becomes so detrimental to you and will wreak havoc on your physical body. Not exactly because you're in this cycle. Yeah. But then what happens is because you're in this cycle, it actually makes the trauma worse and worse and worse. And it kind of gets bigger. It feeds it basically. Mm. So the trigger becomes stronger and stronger and stronger over time until you're like, I can't fucking deal this anymore. And then you'll finally go and try and seek help. Mm. Unfortunately, most people will seek help through talking, but talking doesn't release trauma. It will help you to understand it and it will help you to, because you have an understanding of it, you might be able to try and self-soothe through like meditation and breathing. So what you'll do is you'll calm your body down, but you haven't let go of the initial trauma and the root and that trigger point in the first place. That's where like my stuff's different because I go to the somatic stuff. I'm like, I don't care about talking. Like, I want you to understand what we're doing. That's really important. But like, we don't need to fucking talk. You go to the root of it, you heal that trauma, and then it's gone. Mm. Once that's gone, you're not getting triggered anymore. So your body isn't in this constant state of stress, fight or flight, freeze, whatever the situation is that you're having. And that is going to greatly impact like your libido, your confidence, your hormone levels, your skin, your hair, your nails, your digestion, like all of those physical issues that you're having, I guarantee you for the majority of you, it's not because like you're deficient on ashwagandha. It's because you are like, it's true. It's because of some trauma thing in your um, body. Like everyone has fucking TMJ. Why did we not have TMJ like 50 years ago? Mm. Do you think it's because 50 years ago we didn't have like social media that just exacerbates everything? We didn't have as much stress in our lives. So we weren't clenching our drawer at night we were allowed to express ourselves more. Like we'd be fucking primal and we'd go like fucking scream in the fucking jungle or whatever. Whereas now, like we don't express our anger. Like everyone's so fucking politically correct. We're not allowed to be a human anymore. We have to be mispositive all the time. And they are really detrimental things because you're not allowing your body to release the way that it needs to release. So everyone's so fucking positive. And I just find it exhausting because I'm like, you're not like the most positive people. Like this is, this is actually a big generalization. Generally speaking, your positive friends that are always like mispositive are fucking miserable underneath. Mm. The people that are positive, but human, they are the happiest people. The people that are like, it's happening for a reason, like fucking positive, And I'm going to go scream into a pillow. They are the most positive people. One of my um, friends told me this quote, and I'm like, so fucking good. He said, um, the people that think they've reached enlightenment are the least enlightened people. Mm. And it's like, because, because you never reach that one. And it's no. like the human, the people that are having a human experience are the most enlightened because they're allowing themselves to experience everything. They are not trying to be enlightened and therefore like covering up and hindering and suppressing what they're feeling. And don't even get me started on spiritual bypass. <laughs> and... Oh my God. Yeah, there is so, yeah, yeah there is. That's like a whole there, there is so much that. two hour podcast, I swear. Like you can hide from life so easily. You can sit in your room and tell yourself you haven't done enough meditations and you haven't done enough quote unquote healing and you're not ready people for this. People do it with dating. I mean, yeah. people do it with dating of like, they are constant. They will blame everything else outside of them, or they will mm. they will bypass everything to avoid looking actually at the truth of the situation, whether it is their problem or whether it's you just haven't met your man yet, and like that's okay. Like the timing hasn't been a thing. Like 
people will do a dating of just like there's more I have to heal it's more I have to heal and like it's a form of bypassing right we are not where you're where you're blaming yourself rather than like you're making it's actually a um oh fuck what is it called it's it's this it's this tool it's this um it's just like it's kind of like a trauma response where because you don't have what you want you blame yourself because you think that you can solve it. It's it's, a, it's like a controlling thing. It's like, if I blame myself, that I can go and fix it and then I'll get what I want. So yeah. they keep blaming themselves as like a control mechanism rather than being like, it's a like it's not myself, I'm fine. I just haven't met the fucking guy yet. And like, that's timing. okay. Like, mm. it's just a time, it's a timing thing, right? Like, and I'm not gonna settle, which is a great thing, celebrate that. And it's a timing thing. You don't have to go, go keep doing more work. You need to just like chill the fuck out basically. Mm. And probably live more life and put yourself in more life situations and that way you'll probably meet someone like go out to the bar right. instead of like always sitting in your house like Correct. those kind Correct. of moments I oh, wanted- on the topic of dating i thought yeah. to mention this before when you were talking about um women initiating i am anti-bumble anti-bumble just bumble or like hinge tinder dating apps i mean i've never done i've never done um tinder i always I'm young, so when I when Tinder first came out, I was still at school, mm. and we used it. We we used it as like a joke thing. It wasn't actually a serious yeah. thing. It was like it was like to rate people hot or not, like fucking horrendous. <laughs> um, so I have never done that. Um, but basically, any apps where it's like women have to initiate, I'm like, you are setting up the situation. Mm where women are the initiators and men are the receivers. Mm. Absolutely fucking not. Like big, I mean, apps are all, like dating apps are a whole other topic of conversation. But like, yeah, if you want a masculine man, I'm like avoid Bumble because also like a masculine man doesn't want to be waiting for a woman to reach out for him. He's like, no, I'm fucking claiming her mm. at the end. Mm. Oh, that's such a good point. That calls me out too. Like I recently joined a dating app. I've been super anti-dating apps. Like I hate them, but I was like a little bit desperate. And I think that in itself is bad energy. So answers my own question there. I want to take us, (laughs) there we go. I want to take us back a tiny bit. You touched on it and this is a bit of a selfish question. I've really, really struggled with my skin, which is something I've been super vocal about on my Instagram. And it actually, your work was really helpful because hormonal imbalance, feminine, masculine imbalance kind of goes hand in hand. Do you see people's skin clear up when they're doing trauma work? I just wonder if you've got anything you can touch on there because I have so many girls now that follow me because I've talked so much about acne and skin issues. Yeah, uh, 1000%. And I, I'll touch on a few things with this. So yes, a lot of women will come to me with skin issues. And generally the women that come to me with like hormonal imbalances, it's like, I've tried everything yeah. and it's not going away. So magical Monica steps in and then it goes away. Um, <laughs> like without a fucking doubt, I will happily toot my own horn that I've never not gotten a period back. And wow. I've had women go to a million doctors to get to get their period or like pregnancies, can't fall pregnant, can't fall pregnant, boom, pregnant because so much of it is energetic and like I and I do want to say for anyone that doesn't know my work I'm not like a Reiki person I'm very much like you need to know what you're doing your brain and your body have to work together but your body is a huge component in your healing process Mm. and like the energy is being stored in your body but why I don't like Reiki is because you're not the one doing it Mm. that's why I don't think it's as powerful as when like I'm leading you 
to take yourself. I'm I'm taking you through a modality, but you are the one doing it for yourself. That it's like you don't really get it until you get it, like until you do it. But um, so with skin issues, yes, one thousand percent. Skin issues can be a lot of like what you're holding underneath your skin. So when someone's getting like under your nails, that can be a skin thing. Fear of being seen, that can be. And I, on the fear of being seen, I'll touch on that. It can be like a fear of being seen. Like I don't want to get on my Instagram story. I don't like being on social media. I don't like photos. But it can also be like a fear of being seen because you've gotten in trouble for being pretty. That's a really, really common one. Yeah. It's a really common one amongst women of they've gotten themselves into shitty situations Mm. because they were always the beautiful one and they would get themselves into dangerous situations or they would, they would basically get unwanted attention so it made them feel unsafe to be beautiful, basically. Oh my so, God, I'm going to cry. That's so, so true. Yeah. So you make yourself, quote unquote, uglier. I'm not mm. saying that Aki's ugly, but you know, you, that's, what, that's what you do, right? <laughs> you make yourself, yeah. you make yourself hide and, and feel less pretty about yourself mm. so that you feel safer. Like mm. I, this was, this was one for me and, um, I experienced it like really intensely one one day when I was in New York in like 2019, I think it was. I was in an elevator and this guy gets in and he would not leave me alone. And I was in an elevator and he would not stop confronting me about like my beauty. And for the first for the first time, I felt it so strongly in my body of like I felt unsafe for being pretty. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting where if you, like it happens a lot with women, if they have the money, the job, the man, the body, the house, whatever, they can feel like this is something wrong. Like I can't also be pretty. Mm-hmm. So subconsciously they'll manifest a breakout mm-hmm. so that they feel like, okay, now I'm worthy of all this stuff because I've got one thing wrong with me. Or I can't be pretty and also have a nice body. Like I can't also be toned. So if I want to keep working out and being toned, then, you know, I'll, I'll let myself have a breakout. So then it's like balanced, you know, because at school we would always bitch behind the girl's backs or in our head we'd bitch about the girls that had it all. Like, why does she have the nice skin and the nice hair and she's smart and she's got a good body. So we then do it to ourselves when we're older and we get that as well. Um, so the fear of being seen can be because you are afraid of speaking your truth and speaking up and you know, being seen and whatnot, but it can also be a fear of being seen because you're afraid of being too pretty, basically. Mm. Um, And then like anger and resentment and not letting yourself be expressed can also be held under your skin where it's like this explosive energy. So it kind of like explodes out of your skin, basically. Um, That can also be skin issues too. So obviously there is a big hormonal side to it, and the two really go hand in hand. Yeah. Like if you are in this stress response all the time, your stress response is causing a hormonal balance. And like when your cortisol is high, you are gonna have a breakout. Like mm. no, not everybody, but if you are sensitive to cortisol, like I am, mm. you will have a breakout. Um, and like I will notice my skin is like fucking perfect when I am chill, when life is good, when I have sun on me, X, Y, and Z. And if I am like tired, stressed, overwhelmed, and anxious. I'll have a breakout. Yeah. Right. And it's just like, it's like fucking clockwork at this point. Mm-hmm. And so if you can figure out, like really track your skin and you should be able to figure out like what, like what recent situations cause that, because like, for example, like, you know, mask, mask, mask knee, whatever it's called, like mask acne, like definitely is a real thing, but it's not 
actually because of just the mask. Like if you're wearing a good quality silk mask, like a silk one, for example, or like a cotton one, mm, it could dry your skin out a little bit, but it shouldn't be causing like a huge breakout. What actually is causing the breakout is that you can't fucking breathe. Mm. And that as humans, if we have something covering our mouth and our nose, which is where we breathe, there is an I'm going to die response going off in your body. So it's your adrenals causing the breakout mm. and that stress breakout will lie around your chin, jaw and cheeks. So it looks like it's from the mask, but it's not from the mask. It's from the fact that you feel like you can't breathe. Mm. So um, there's just, there's so many pieces with skin, yeah. but there is a huge energetic component. And I will also say lastly on a skin note is that um, if you feel like your skin has really struggled since COVID, you are not alone. Mm. Um, like I've never struggled with bad skin. And I know for me, I talked about this on an episode somewhere that in 2020, after about seven months of lockdown in London, I like had full on like deep cystic pimples on my jawline. Never in my life have I had that. And it was, I mean, Vogue was writing about it. Everyone was writing about it. Yeah. It was a full on common thing of like women, like old, like when I say older women, I mean like late twenties, like we've finished puberty. Our hormones should be balanced. We should not be having skin issues, having these breakouts and they've never had them before. And why it was also predominantly happening to women that have never had breakouts before was because their skin was not used to this. Like they've never had to work at stabilizing their hormones. Their skin has that their skin and their body has never been, never been used to their current environment. Mm -hmm. So they're now experiencing it, if that makes sense. So if you're still kind of struggling with the aftermath of that, it's just because we are all feeling so sensitive and fragile from the repercussions and the flow and effect and the, you know, the fucking post-COVID fatigue that we're all having this higher level of stress as like our baseline. So the smallest bit of extra stress is just tipping us over the edge versus if you had that stress in 2019, it wouldn't phase your body at all. But now if you have that exact same stress combined with the underlying stress of like post-COVID, it's just too much for our body. So mm. be compassionate and be gentle with yourself. And just also please note, if this is like a new thing for you since COVID, it is 2020, that was one of my most number one requested like questions of like, why wow. the fuck is my skin breaking out all of a sudden? I've never struggled with this. Or, like, why is my period going haywire all of a sudden? My period has been perfect for 10 years, mm. blah, blah, blah. And it's just all to do with um, like the COVID stress, but also the stress that came with that, the homesickness, the pressure on our relationships, the being stuck inside, the feeling, that feeling of being trapped. That's a fucking, that alone is enough to make you want to fucking rip someone's head off yep. and make your fucking skin explode from stress, you know? Oh, 100%. I'm so passionate yeah. as well as like when people are going through it, this is what I'm so vocal about is not getting on Isotane, Accutane or on no. the drugs. And it like, doesn't fix it. It doesn't fix it. Like look at your whole lifestyle, look at the energetics, look at your trauma, look at what you're eating, look yeah. at how you're living, look at your sleep, look at all those things first yeah. and fix it for the long term instead of just, we have a massive issue in society with masking literally Correct. everything and not actually dealing with it. That was such, oh, those were such good points, especially around the feeling seen. I was like, that made me so emotional because it really is just so, so true. So I know that's going to be a great takeaway for everyone. Thank you. Good. You're so welcome. And I will say lastly on the skin thing is that I don't want people to ever feel like they have to like eat perfectly, sleep mm. perfectly, be perfect, be happy, like never stress, whatever, all the time to achieve like 
good digestion, healthy skin, X, Y, and Z. It's not about that. It's like once you just honestly, once you fix your trauma so that your body isn't quickly going into a stress response and you have a lot of nervous system regulation where you have control over how your body responds. Like I can be in very stressful situations now and I can keep my body very, very, very calm. So I'm not eliciting a stress response. So my skin isn't going to break out, for example, or because, you know, you fixed X, like you fixed your trauma and your stress and X, Y, and Z, you know, a little bit of fucking dairy is actually not going to throw you over the edge because your body can deal with it because it's in a relaxed state. Like it's all combined. And I'm not one of those people where I'm like, you can't eat sugar, you can't eat dairy, you can't eat blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, I want you to be able to eat all of those things, but I also want your body to be able to deal with them when you eat them. So it doesn't become a bad thing for your body. It becomes like, you know, I can actually deal with this and it's not going to cause me health issues. Yeah, like your body can process it and it can take it, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, correct. Oh, well, this has just been such a great episode. I've been like selfishly just super absorbing everything because I'm obsessed with you. Where can everyone find you? What can they look forward to? Do you have anything you want to promote or anywhere you want to send people? Um, When is this going to come out, Cass? Probably within the next two weeks. Okay, cool. So I would definitely say to the women that have listened and are like, on the edge of their seat about the dating stuff and the men stuff, I would 100% look at my masterclass, The Embodiment of Dating. That is like, just look at it. It's like, I'm so pumped for it. It is like, it's basically just how to get a man to like lead you and everything, but not in like a, you know, text this kind of bullshit way, more in like you being your feminine, giving them permission. Like the things we kind of talked about today, but in way more depth and like the how-tos and all that stuff. Um, and like how to like not get anxious when you're dating and like not get attached and like all the things that fuck your chance of Mm. him pursuing you Um, and then I would also recommend for every single woman in the world whether you're married single mum whatever I don't care what you are every woman in my opinion needs to do be a lover not a mother Mm. that is like my how to stop emasculating men understanding men program it will change your whole life because we relate to men every day and it will make you feel so much safer about men. It will help you heal your relationship with them. Like it will just do everything you need mm-hmm. for men. So I encourage every single woman to do that. And I and I am going to re-record the first two modules. Um, I, I did them when I was skiing in Switzerland and the vibe is amazing, but the it's like a bit fuzzy. So I kind of want to redo them. So something to look forward to that will also be available um, again soon. And then you mentioned Queen Alchemy. That is like the place for all the trauma stuff, the confidence, the being seen, the speaking your truth, Mm. all that jazz. Um, And that's all like podcast, website, Instagram. Instagram's Monarchy Hates Health. Podcast is feminine as fuck. Website is monarchyhates.com.au. And everything is there. And there's a lot there to choose from. I will link everything for anyone listening who wants to find you because we've touched on so, so, so many things. And I know from just deep diving your work that you have so many resources available for people to anything we mentioned, basically, like the skin, the trauma, the feminine, the emasculating, like everything. You've got such great resources. So check her out. Thank you you so much for your time. Oh, actually, I feel like your listeners will love this. Yeah. Um, The hookup culture. I did a article in the latest issue of the magazine about like is the hookup culture affecting men committing to women so that would also possibly be a really good um thing to listen to and i give some good tips and tricks in that article as well but all that can be found on like website instagram podcast 
everything like that. Beautiful. I'll link that as well. I've got things to for things to look into yeah. for myself and courses to do as well. Good. Good. Oh, thank, thank you, Cass, for having me. It's been amazing. Oh, thank you so much. It's been so much fun. Thank you.